You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What's up, 12s? I am Michael Bumpus, along with Nasa Chobie. This is Hawk Talk Recap. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we are talking about a loss. The Seahawks fall to the Bills 44-34. I don't think we're ready for this. I think you can take losses. I don't think we're ready for this type of loss. From the very first play of the game, Nasa Chobie, it felt like things weren't going to go well. There's a 60-yard return on the kickoff, and then three plays later, the Bills score, and then the Hawks go three and out. And that's pretty much what this whole game felt like. Yeah, you couldn't have got off to a worse start than that, especially the Seahawks have been so well on special teams, controlling the field position battle. That happens. Three plays, boom, boom, boom. And then you go three and out, then you give up another touchdown. And it's never good in the NFL to jump, give spot people essentially 14 points right away. And you just kind of knew it was not going to be their day. Man, I'm kind of confused. I'm looking at a stat, right? The Hawks gave up how how many yards did Allen threw for 415 yards, and they lost. The Hawks lose. Usually the Hawks win when QBs throw for 400 yards. I'm confused. This was like, this is a 2020 game. Like, nothing felt right. Russell making poor decisions, the fumbles. Allen throw for 400. When the week before, he only threw the ball 18 times. The first half, the Bills only rushed the ball three times. Everything that I expected to happen didn't happen in this game. Well, the thing about it, too, is we knew, we, we said this early in the year, eventually this was going to yeah. happen. You can't allow people to throw for over 400 yards and continue to win those football games. I think this is, Danny O'Neill always brings up this stat. I think it happened nine other times. This is the first time the Seahawks did not come up victorious. Um, but you're right. You're looking at the box score. It just doesn't make sense for a, a Seahawks football team turning the ball over four times, um, allowing them. It just... As Pete said this morning when he was talking to you guys, like he couldn't recognize it. That's that's not stuff that Seahawks football is about, and he couldn't recognize the team that played on Sunday. It was tough. Well, we kind of already got into it, but let's talk about what happened. See, what had happened at first was... What happened was... What had happened was... On Hawk Talk. What had happened was Josh Allen was 31 for 38. In the first quarter, he was 12 of 14, 154 yards and two touchdowns. He looked like the MVP candidate people were talking about the first four weeks in the NFL season. Stephon Diggs did his thing. He had nine catches, 118 yards. John Brown had eight catches, 99 yards. It seemed like they could do no wrong offensively. Uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. I got to give the bills more credit than I gave them probably heading into that football game. I knew they were a good football team, but they came out a just guns blazing And Josh Allen. He, we said it. He's a dog, man. Like, the dude, yeah. first of all, he is hard to bring down. Like, when yeah. you – there's so many times, even though we ended up sacking him seven times, he's a big physical guy. When you come, you got to come with it. And he just – it was hard to watch, man. But, I, honestly, I have to give credit to where credit's due because between those three on offense, it didn't – it seemed like they had everything right. Any defense we called, they had an answer for it. Once we started bringing pressure late in the games, they would drop some screens. It just feels like everything that they had going was the right call, and Josh Allen was special yesterday. Man, it seemed like every time the Seahawks wanted to run the ball, they blitzed the perfect gap or the Mm. linebackers read it perfectly. This team just seemed really prepared. And on the flip side, defensively, um, the Hawks didn't seem that prepared. You hear Pete Carroll talk. He said that 
They weren't expecting them to throw the ball the way that they did. And people can sit there and say, what do you mean you didn't expect them? The week before, they rushed for 190 yards. They only threw the ball 18 times. I, me going into this game, I thought, I'm like, that's their formula. That's how they're going to try to win ball games. But, again, you tip your hat off to the offense and defensive coordinators. The offensive coordinator for the Bills saw a struggling Dunbar, saw the cushion they were getting, and they were like, all right, let's switch the game up and throw the football. I'm interested to know if they went into this game thinking, all right, we're going to throw – we're going to throw the ball or they just saw the health of this defense and were like, all right, let's switch it up and let's throw the rock. Well, that's the thing. You know, people always talk about when they get, they get upset after losses and they, they want to blame coaching staffs and whatnot. The bills get paid to coach their guys too. Right. So yeah. I honestly, I just got to tip my hat because I think, I don't think they came into this game thinking they're going to throw it that much. I think they might've came in with more of a balanced game plan, especially after we saw last week. Because we saw, we sat here and talked about how we think that is their recipe to be successful moving forward. I think they came out, you know, you script your first couple of plays, and they had success early, those first two drives. I think right after that, they're like, okay, if it's not broke, let's keep going to it. We're yeah. going to throw the pill until they can stop it. And unfortunately for the Seahawks, they couldn't really stop it until the second half of times. But even then, it was tough. It was tough, man. Russell Wilson threw two interceptions. They turned the ball over four times. Pete threw out a stat. He said... Now, it's not just don't quote me, but he pretty much said teams who have turned the ball over four times are like two and one hundred and twenty or something mm -hmm. like that over the past 10 years. And there was a point in this game where the Hawks still had a chance. They were down seven late in the game and then things happened. Um, the Bills score. But even with all that going on, all the madness, the Hawks still had a chance to win the game. And then on the positive side, they sacked the quarterback seven times. I had 12 sacks going into this game. They sacked the quarterback seven times. Newly acquired Carlos Dunlap got into the mix. Jay Reed had two and a half sacks. There are some positives to take away from this game. Oh, no question about it. It's not all bad. If you would, first of all, if you would have told me we had seven sacks, right, and all these ten quarterback hits and all these tackle for losses, I would say, hey, we won that game handily. And if if Josh Allen had to throw it thirty eight times and we sacked him seven, I would say the Seahawks won by at least fourteen. Obviously, that didn't happen. But the positive to bring out of this is that they know they've seen it. They can do it. I love seeing Dunlap come out there and be successful right away. The one sack he had, it was a nice bull rush. Just pushed the tackle back into the quarterback, makes a nice play. He was good in the run game. The few times the Bills did actually run the football. Um, Jay Reed, huge for Jay Reed. We've been waiting to see yeah. that kind of all year since, really since 2018 where he had 10 sacks. So it was good to see him get two and a half. It was good to see Puna Ford was active. So they did some nice things, and when they when they dialed up pressure, obviously Jamal Adams is one of the best in the biz at getting to the quarterback. So loved what I saw there. If they can find a way to sure up some things on the back end and bring it all together, because last week we felt good about our pass defense through three quarters. Uh, we had a little bit more pressure with Bobby Wagner. They just need to put it together. One week, it, it can't be one or the other. It can't be we're getting home with the yeah. pass rush and we're struggling in the secondary or vice versa. It has to all come together, and hopefully, at least for the defensive line, that was the start of that. And they have to get healthy. I mean, yes. Mayo yes. is out. Dunbar is struggling. Griffin's out. You're not playing with the guys you expected to be on the field week one. And I know this is the NFL. Every team is dealing with injuries. But you're not playing your starters. You're playing twos or you're playing guys who are banged up. Again, this defense is not just going to – they're not going to get healthy. And now this defense is one of the best defenses in the league. No, that's not who they are. But they can get healthy and at least change the perception of this defense a little bit. Well, it is what it is. You got who you got. You got to line up and play on mm -hmm. to the next game. But let's talk about some of the guys who balled out, the Playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Show them what time it is! Holy cow! 
Well, Bump, it was obviously a tough day for the Seahawks, but the crazy thing about this is we still scored 34 points, right? We still yeah. managed to hit our number. We lead the league in, in scoring offense, 34 points. We got to start with the quarterback, Russell Wilson. Yes, he did have four turnovers, right? So obviously we can't ignore that. He went 28 for 41, still threw for 390 yards and two touchdowns. He had two fumbles lost. I I would say those probably aren't his fault. Maybe you could say the first one was he was stepping up in the pocket, but time and score of the game, we had to throw the ball as much as we did. The second one, he didn't see the blitz coming at all. He got hit, lifted off his feet. That was tough. He had a 94.6 QB rating. Um, again, this is kind of like the Arizona game. I kind of have that same feeling in terms of Russell's performance where he played a solid game. He did things well. He made some really difficult throws. Um, he just is just the turnovers and like, when we lose a turnover battle, we usually lose the game. So, overall, I don't know what you saw from him. I think he still played great, It's but it still wasn't quite the Russell Wilson game that we're used to seeing. He got hit 16 times. Yeah. 16 times. Your quarterback's getting hit 16 times. This is going to be a long day. And I, like I said earlier, I feel like he he's not going to say this, but I feel like he feels pressured to have to play perfect, so he's pressing a bit. He's made a couple decisions where I'm like, typically Russell doesn't do that. But he's on the sideline. He's watching this defense. He's watching the Bills' offense, and he's like, "All right, I don't think we can stop these guys. I'm gonna have to win this football game." So you can appreciate that mentality because you want a guy who wants to win the ball game, but you also have to realize he's gonna need some help, and these guys need to get healthy and help this guy out. When you score 34 points, you should win football games. Yes, you should. And sack the other team's quarterback seven times. The one shout out though for Russ, it ended up being an incomplete pass. But oh, yeah. the pass to Tyler Lockett, that might have been, honestly, in my opinion, watching a football game, that might have been one of the greatest plays that I've ever seen in my life, if that was the case. My my buddy texted me. He goes, hey, Bump, that was the greatest incompletion I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> no, and the crazy thing is, too, shout out Tyler Lockett. So I don't know how Russ is getting pressured. He eludes one rusher and is getting ready to throw the football. When he releases the ball, Tyler Lockett is in the middle of the field. Yeah. He's in the middle of the field, runs another 40 yards. That Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, unbelievable. Russell still, even in a loss, Russell does things that make you say, wow. Another guy that makes you say, wow, seems like every single week is DK Metcalf. Seven receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown, averaging 15.4 yards per catch. Every week he does something to where I'm like, oh, he's getting better. Like there's a, there's a pass across the middle. He went oh, up yep. and snatched it out the air with his hands. Typically, DK brings it in with his body. He's big. He can, he can box guys out. But I saw that, and it looked natural. And I'm like, man, every single week, he does something to where I'm like, he's getting better. And then that play on the sideline with stiff arm, Tredavious White, that's a grown Ooh. man over there, guys. That is a grown man, and he drove him to the ground like he was a little boy. I mean, every t- that's DK is good for at least one of those a game. And – a couple times this year, it's happening. It's all pro, pro bowl type guys. So you love to see the physicality from DK. The play you mentioned where you just snatched it out of the air. First of all, Russell threw that. That was fastball. That was coming in at 100 miles an hour. It's good to see him evolving. And it's weird to say that that was a really, really quiet 108 yards and one touchdown performance from Metcalf. But good to see he's still balling out. Hey, the next guy, our guy, man. Demo First Swag. Demo Swag. His po- Do you see his post-game interview? <laughs> My yeah. guy got the hoodie on with <laughs> the, the shades. Hey, his whole vibe. I'm, I'm just feeling this vibe. David Moore had four receptions, 71 yards, one touchdown, and a 54-yard touchdown that we'll talk about later. But Demo, just consistent. He's a silent killer, 83. They're going to get him. 
he's going to contribute in the, the pump return game. He's going to make big plays. He just continues to be a, a nice pillar in this offense that he's not going to get the national love. People aren't going to mm-hmm. talk about David Moore, but you need a third receiver like him. And then you just add the swag after the game. I mean, oh. come on. How can you not like Demo? My guy Demo is the man. The thing I love about him, too, is like we said a while ago, coming in this year, it was who's going to be the number three receiver? Who's, who's going to take that? Is it going to be Philip Dorsett? Dorsett's been injured. Is it going to be Freddie Swain? He had all these guys in camp. Demo Swag said, nah, fam, that's me. He locked it down. <laughs> when he's getting targeted, usually it has a chance to go the distance. I'd love to see Demo getting after it. And despite giving up 44 points, we got to show some love to the defensive line and really just the yes. defense in general when it comes to pressure. Season high, seven sacks, 10 quarterback hits. We mentioned earlier, Jay Reed, two and a half sacks. Carlos Dunlap, one sack, three tackle for loss. So the Main lone bright spot on defense. It was great to see those guys finally get after the quarterback. Nice to see the D-line call some havoc. Yes, they put up 44 points, but they did what they were supposed to do. They didn't run the ball a lot. They didn't have a, or the Bills didn't have a lot of rushing attempts, but uh, they had 19 attempts, only 34 yards. They did score two touchdowns. That's field position, right? You're down on the goal line. You're going to be able to, to get in the end zone. But they did what a D-line is supposed to do. Get after the quarterback, sack them, limit the runs, it's weird now because now we're talking about the back end, and that's what where we felt was the strength of this defense. But when you guys, guys, you have guys hurt, there are going to be days like this. There are going to be days like this. Unfortunately, it was the most points ever given up under Pete Carroll. But uh, yeah, you got to find some positive somewhere. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the positives. And uh, let me tell you something. Like we said, we're always good coming after losses. So we'll get that corrected. And um, I hope to never see another a double digit performance over forty <laughs> on the scoreboard for the Seahawks defense the rest of the way. All right, let's get to the receiver roundup. Of course, we talked about DK Metcalf, seven catches, 108 yards, one touchdown on nine targets. Demo Swag, four catches, 71 yards on six targets. Homer had three catches. Jacob Hollister. Yes, sir. Love, man. Come on, Jacob. They bring it. They bring in all these other tight ends. They draft a guy. Hollister was like, look, I was the number three receiver on this team last year. Y'all must have forgot. Mm-hmm. Five catches. 60 yards on seven targets. Tyler Lockett had a quiet day. Four catches, 40 yards on seven targets. Will Disley had one for 26. A big play, wide open going across the middle of the field. Olsen got back into the mix. Two catches, 13 yards. DJ, two for eight. Freddie, no catches on two targets. You look at this stat, the stat sheet, it comes to receivers, and you're optimistic. Yes. The one thing that's consistent about this team is that offensively, guys are going to eat, specifically when it comes to throwing a rock. Oh, no question about it. We know what we're going to get from Lockett and Metcalf. One of them's going off every single week. But this is the most promising thing. Another big positive takeaway from this is Jacob Hollister. You mentioned it. Yeah. The tight ends need to be more of a focal point in this offense. Between Greg Olson, between Hollister, between Disley, Colby Parkinson, if he's ever active, they need to be more focal of this offense, and it was great to see Hollister kind of getting loose and remind us what he did for us last season. If teams are going to blitz like we're seeing, and I, that's the formula now, I think you're going to see teams try to get after Russell Wilson. Those tight ends are going to be crucial on those hot routes. Pete says they don't run hot routes. I don't care, Pete. Hot route. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Release and look for the ball right now. These tight ends are going to play a big role in that. All right, now let's break down the play. Let's go to the coach's corner. Russell Wilson finds David Moore for a 55-yard touchdown. Russ steps up, almost steps right into the blitz. Now he's going to roll back right side. He's going to look, and he's going to let it fly as deep as he can. He's got a man. Touchdown, Seahawks. 
David Moore had gotten way behind the defense, and Russ just rears up and throws it deep. Trailing now 41-26. The Seahawks never out of it until there's all zeros. Russell does a great job of not getting sacked. He does what great quarterbacks do. You feel pressure. You step up inside the pocket. Um, a guy spins off of his right guard. He gets outside, extends the play with his feet, and somehow David Moore is 10 yards behind his defense. I don't know what that corner was doing over there, <laughs> but this is what Demo does. Does he, like, hit a button that makes him go invisible for, like, three seconds and he gets behind the defense? Somehow, some way, Demo finds his way behind the defense. Yeah, it looked like, I don't know, they're in a too high look. In the safety, there was a... Looks like there's a crossing route over the middle, kind of deep post, and then Demo, the corner, kind of sits down, and the safety goes inside, and they just completely lose track of him. To be fair, it's a long play to cover. Normally, yeah. when you're playing Russell Wilson, you got to be you got to cover for four or five seconds. Demo swag gets wide open, and he is. I mean, at one point in this route, there's no one within ten yards of him. So Russell <laughs> sees him, and he just flicks that thing like at least what. 60 yards in the air to Demo in the back of the end zone. Of course, Demo just waiting for it. Could have fair caught it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but good to see him get production. Good to see him extend the game. Because the crazy thing about this is after this score, the Seahawks were now within two scores. Yep. Then they get a stop on defense. So they were still in the game with, you know, seven and a half or eight minutes to go. Unfortunately, ensuing possession, we threw an intercept, get sacked twice, interception, game kind of ends there. But always good to see you guys keep fighting and uh, playing for another down. Man, I feel like other teams would have laid down and just given up. And yep. that's what I can appreciate about this football team. Yes, it was ugly. I'm not making excuses. You're going to be like, oh, you're a homer. Yeah, I do. I work for the Seahawks. Those are my guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to support them. I'm going to find positives. But I don't think a lot of teams find a way to keep it competitive as long as they did, especially turning the ball over four times. Yeah, right when Russell got hit and fumbled, and then a play later, Josh Allen runs in the end zone to make it 41-20. A lot of people right there say, hey, pack it in. We're in Buffalo. We'll live to fight another day. Let's pull some guys out. So it's always good to see them continue to fight because you know Russell Wilson and the rest of this offense. They never think that they're out of games. Fight to the very end, unfortunately, didn't go our way, but always happy to see Demo Swag get in the end zone. Here's a question for you. Okay. This is the first time under Pete Carroll I saw this team play in the East Coast and look flat did did the time finally play a factor when it comes to the Seahawks because they look sluggish something didn't feel right the energy the efficiency it just didn't feel right it's weird man because we come in we'd won 10 straight in a row 10 straight 10 a.m games 18 and 6 in the last you know 24 so it's just like I I don't know bump but you you're right you're right the way it started right off right from the kickoff it was the the kickoff the very first play yeah man I I don't want to say it was because of the 10 a.m. start, but I can't say it didn't have anything to do with it because it was weird. So maybe it wasn't the time, but they did come out flat. I mean, that's yeah. you can't lie. We saw what we saw. We got one more 10 a.m. start the rest of this way, so hopefully they can get that corrected next time. Bounce back. Now, usually mm-hmm. Hawks are winning. We get in the greatest formation known to man, the victory formation, but didn't happen this week. Clock just ran out on us. Mm-hmm. A knee taken by Hundley. They're just going to let the clock wind down. Pete's not even going to bother taking that last time out. 
We knew this was coming, right? We knew this was coming. They're not healthy. This defense gives up a lot of points. I just think I just didn't think it was coming against the Bills. <laughs> That's the thing that threw me off. I mean, I think that they would potentially lose another game the rest of the season. Yes, I thought yeah. that was a possibility. I honestly I did not think it was happening this week. I really didn't. I thought, and I still think the Seahawks are a better football team. But Josh Allen and the rest of the Bills, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. They punch us in the mouth, and we it took us a little while to respond, and they just played better. I mean. There's going to be days like this. It's National Football League. There's going to be days where things don't go well. And you turn the ball over four times, you're not going to win the football game. It's plain and simple. And that's a fact because when the Hawks lose the turnover battle, they don't win the football game. That's what the defense does. The defense causes turnovers. The offense typically takes care of the ball. And it feels like when Russell turns the ball over, he's like, look, I'm going to throw like two or three of these things out there. Right? <laughs> if I'm going to turn it over, I'm going to turn it over. That's wild, man. Yeah, the, the last two games that we've lost, obviously, to have that many interceptions and fumbles and stuff. So uncharacteristic, but hey. Don't take don't take care of the football. You lose that game battle. It's uh it's gonna be a long day. Especially it's one thing you turn the ball four times, but the fact that we didn't even create any defensively, it's really hard to win that way. Yep, but again, on the bright side, they had seven sacks. We've been begging, we've been praying that this defensive line gets after the quarterback. That's exactly what they did. I liked what Dunlap looked. I liked how he looked. He looked like a guy who still got some gas in the tank. It was kind of weird seeing him in that 43. Yep. I, it was, I'm like, are you a fullback? Or are you a, like, what position are you playing? But he made it look good. I, I got used to it as the game went along. Yeah, for sure. I'll get used to whatever number if you're out there getting sacks and putting pressure on the quarterback. Obviously, all the 90s numbers are taken up. Um, but, no, it's great to see him come in here, and especially with all, all the noise in the offseason about whether Clowney is going to come back and whether the Seahawks and John Snyder and the front office made the right decision. I think this was a great move bringing him in. For him to come out of the gate like that, it's going to be great. And I expect him moving forward. He kind of set the bar high, right? I expect him to play well every week, and I think when Mayoa comes back – Keep all those guys fresh. We can see some really good things on that D-line. Hey, the great thing about the NFL is as soon as Monday hits, let's, let's say Tuesday, none right. of that matters anymore. Mm -hmm. It's on to the next. They're going to play the Rams. They are in Los Angeles, I believe. Yes, sir. On the road, going to L.A., going back to Cali. Get it done. You, you win against the Rams. That's a big win. The Rams always play the Seahawks tough. You know, they got some talent over there, but I think they can get it done. It's time to bounce back, Hawks. Absolutely need to. We talk about this every week. You have to own the NFC West. You got to beat the Rams. The good thing about the pressure we saw from the Seahawks is that's the key to being Jared Goff. We'll talk a lot about that on our preview podcast, getting you ready for the Rams. And just a reminder, join us each and every Thursday from noon to 2 for the huddle, hosted by Tom, Jake, and Stacy, along with Seahawks color analyst Dave Wyman. It's your chance to hear directly from the Seahawks players as they prepare for Sunday and preview the game with the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel and Ray Roberts. Bump, get back on the winning trail. Let's go to 7-2. and two. Let's own the NFC West and get, get this thing rolling. Let's get it rolling. All right, 12s, don't you give up on this football team. 6-2. and two. There's a lot of teams that would love to be 6-2. and two. That's all we got for you. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Nass the Chubby Hawk Talk Recap Edition. The Hawks fall to the Bills 34 to 44. Time to get back at them. Talk to you guys next time. Thank you.